Vince McMahon is going to love this. It did not go over well then. I hate it. I hate it so much. You have three points, sir. I always like to chime in. Thank you for asking. It involved pee. Vince is probably laughing his tits off. Break glass in case of pee joke. He was brought in to the WWE to be shit on. Drug-free urine. (laughs) It is terrible. Ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast scheduled for one fall with a 60-minute time limit is another episode of The One Fall Show, part wrestling uh, conversation and part game show. My name is Chuck Bean. I am your host and joined by my referee and co-host, Erica Benes, for another week. Sup, fella? Good to see you. Good to hear from you. Absolutely. Um, we have our regular panelist this week and a guest. I'll start with the seven-time champion, Nate Bender. Woo! I am glad to be here, Chuck. And I just want to, because we're doing tag teams today, right? That sure. means That means that my championship, the One Fall Show Undisputed Intermetaversal Podcast Championship, is not up for grabs. It is, in fact, whatever the tag team belts are named. That is correct. We haven't determined a long and goofy name for the tag team titles yet, but you know, we've got a whole hour of show to figure it out. So we'll do that as well as you'll have to figure out what your team names are by the end of the show. I would have to imagine, uh, joining him, uh, this week as his tag team partner, our guest acronym, Amy Cooper. Hello everyone. How are you? We are great and happy to have you back and aboard for another one fall show. I'm sure you are. It'll give you another opportunity to actually call on me. So (laughs) look, I just don't want to, I don't want people to say I'm showing favoritism. That's all right, Amy. You got me in your corner this week. We're going to make sure that everything is played fair and square. Great. (laughs) Testy out the gates. Jeez. Everyone's on edge. I like it. They will be joined this week by the, uh, or they will face the team of Mr. Justin Valentine. Hello, hello. And, you know, it makes sense. We said we had to do something about Nate. It may not be about that title, but I, I don't mind shutting up, him up for a week. And uh, his tag team partner for this week, Mr. Shawnee Constant. Yes, the uh, enforcer of our team, I'd like to say. You're, you're the muscle. Justin is the high-flying uh, smaller man on the team. I'll take that. Justin is the Enzo. You are the big Cass. Horrible, horrible, horrible. No, no, absolutely not. <laughs> That's an uncalled for. Justin, when is the rap album coming out? Yeah, no shit. I mean, listen, I want to go uh, a little further back if we're going to use that analogy. And I'm going to say we're the Rob Van Dam and Kane. If anyone remembers that team, I'll be RVD and Shawnee's Kane. All right. I, I can imagine Shawnee choke slamming. So I can dig that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why anyone, let alone the host of a world-renowned game show, would go to Enzo and Cass as their first thought in a tag team, but here we are. I approve. All right. uh, As usual, this show is played in three rounds with three questions each. This week, however, each team will declare an active player. That player is uh, the one who can answer the question, and while your team is in control... Uh, if you do not know the answer or your partner is insistent that they do know the answer, you can tag out 
at that time. Uh, Seeing as uh, this is a new format, uh, we will still go with Nate Bender's team to start the game as uh, he is, of course, our seven-time champion. So he gets... I think that's a fine name for our team. He, he gets to uh, he gets to declare who's their active player and start the board. You guys got a couple of a minute or two to discuss amongst yourself who you want to uh, be active. Do you want to start? I think the smart opportunity would be for you to start just so we're, you know, that's, a little balanced. Fair. Start with the champ. Start with there you the go. Champ. Start with the champ. All right. Let's start it off in uh, the smacked raw category. All right, talking about Raw and SmackDown. So we're about a week out from the next pay-per-view, which is uh, called Extreme Rules. Uh, and Rey Mysterio no, and Seth Rollins... Name, say the full name, Extreme What's going on here today? The Horror Show. Okay, The Horror Show at Extreme Rules, correct. Uh, Rey Mysterio and Seth Rollins will be facing each other in a stipulation that we have really not seen before. What is that stipulation, Nate? An eye versus an eye match. Or an I for an I, whichever. Yeah, they're they're saying that the only way to win this match is by extracting your opponent's eye from their eye socket. What in the world are we looking at here? Uh well, I think uh odds are favorite that this is going to be a, another one of the WWE's cinematic matches. So whether they decide to use CG, whether they decide to make a fake eyeball, what what really kind of blows me away is like, what are the long-term booking implications of this? We know that Rey Mysterio's contract is up, so he may lose his other eye and leave, leaving him blinded ostensibly. I don't know. Or... Uh, Seth Rollins is going to rock a sweet, sexy eye patch for the next, uh, I don't know, however long until they decide that this bit is over. I just think that this is really stupid for long-term storytelling. I think this is just really stupid in general. Like, this is a great rivalry. I've enjoyed this Rey Mysterio, Seth Rollins deal on Raw, and I don't understand why we have to be extra because we can be cinematic right now. I'm good if it's just a normal extreme rules, table matches, ladder matches, uh, extreme rule matches, whatever other matches. I don't need this weird... I don't like, I don't know even what to call it. Like what, wh- how do you even book this eye patch or Ray Mysterio under a mask or somebody going home for a little bit? It doesn't matter. It's, it's weird. And it's not, it's not, I I just don't think it's, it, it, it belongs in this industry period in any company. And if you go from that aspect, none of us can forget that, uh, Moxley was wearing an eye patch for a while. So something tells me this is a little dig at them. Could be. I mean, AEW literally had an eye for an eye match between Moxley and Santana earlier this year. So it does feel like, yeah, if if you look at it through that lens, like that was almost six months ago, but this does seem like more direct counter-programming from WWE. I'm wondering if it presages some sort of big change in the way they produce things. Are they going to start moving more towards this idea of fantasy and cinematics? Uh, because I'm, I agree with Nate. I don't know. The booking of it is preposterous. Uh, I have to imagine the execution is going to be preposterous. Um, you know, unless there's a, an evil dead spot where an eyeball shoots out of someone's head and ends up in someone's mouth out on the side of the <laughs> ring. I can't imagine I'm going to be entertained by the whole thing. 
And uh, and the idea of bringing CGI into it, which I, I have seen that um, someone in the in the underground has has revealed is going to be the case. Uh, that doesn't appeal to me at all uh, as a as a horror movie fan, as somebody who really enjoys the art of special effects. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that the WWE isn't going to nail it. <laughs> Does everybody remember uh when Kurt Angle had his hair versus hair match against Edge and then showed up a week later with a wrestling headset and like a wig yeah. on. Yeah. I feel like this is the natural progression <laughs> from that to this. Like Seth Rollins is going to lose the match and wear an eye patch for like two weeks and then we'll have had the most miraculous eye surgery to reattach the eyeball and then we'll move forward. Oh. See, and, and I think the only, now that we've gotten this far, the only outcome that makes sense is for Rey Mysterio to lose because you can hide it underneath a mask. You can put two eye patches over the eye holes and he cannot wear any eye patch or have any surgery and you'll never know and we can just move on. Did you just say two eye patches over the eye? I would love to see Rey Mysterio wrestling with two eye patches. Oh yeah, because <laughs> you, you know he can see right through that anyway, so might as well just put him on both eyes and then just let him move on. Yeah, they'll market him as a blind warrior. I'm a big fan of the idea of Seth Pliskin, but his buckle bomb will be even more lethal with his depth <laughs> perception uh, eliminated. <laughs> that is uh, that is all of these things are true and something that uh, I think even though none of us are looking forward to the match, we all can't wait to see exactly what's in store for it. All right, Nate and Amy, you got the first point there. So the, uh, the round progresses with a new question here. This one worth two points. The sheets, the dirt sheets, that is, must have gotten it wrong because two superstars appeared on Raw after we'd heard that they were done with the WWE. Who are we talking about? Heath Slater cutting an amazing promo and Kyrie Sane almost immediately after that segment. That is correct. Uh, very cool to see both of them on Raw, especially that Heath Slater pro promo. Let's talk about it. Do do we think that we're going to see more of either of them, or was this kind of a, oh, the dirt sheet said that they're not going to show up, so we're putting them on Raw this week? I, I think that may have been the case with Kyrie Sane. Um, Heath Slater, I did not get the impression we're going to see more of him. It seemed like that was more like a final bow. Like at the very end of the segment when Drew picks him up and they take a bow together, it, it felt like his, his goodbye to the WWE. And there has been the rumors that he may show up with Rhino on Impact. So I, I don't see Heath Slater staying around very long. I think that was just a one-off. Kyrie Sane, maybe. I don't know. Uh, the, the, the sheets may have rushed to, to print that one. Yeah, I think Kyrie Zane is gonna to uh stick around because I think her and Asuka, that that dynamic between those two is awesome. I love those two together. Uh for Heath Slater, that like Nate said, that was clearly a send-off in my eyes. I love the promo, I love the shock factor of him showing up in the storyline. Uh, I hated the fact that after a tremendous promo, he gets squashed in a 10-second yeah. match at least let it be somewhat competitive and make him look a little good on his way out. Do I expect him to beat Drew McIntyre on his way out? Hell no. But bell rings, Claymore, match over. Come on. He deserves yeah, make better it than competitive. that. Yeah, make it competitive. It almost seemed like they didn't respect the fact that Heath Slater would be able to go out there and put on a heartfelt promo that really resonated with people. Because at the end of that whole deal, I sure as hell wasn't thinking, boy, I can't wait to see 
Dolph Ziggler versus Drew McIntyre. <laughs> my thought was, why the hell is Keith Slater leaving? And why the hell is Dolph Ziggler here at all? Erica, you look like you had something to say. I do. I mean, we shouldn't be shocked at the squash of Heath Slater, especially since he's been rumored to head to Impact. That's kind of been Vince's MO for ever. If as soon as you hear someone's leaving you, oh, we're gonna bury him on the way out. It's like, come on, that has that really worked at all? That's probably how they sold the segment to Vince. Oh, definitely. If that wasn't how it was sold, I mean, that's how it was twisted around. Because I'm sorry, he, if there's one thing that man loves to do, it's like trying to embarrass somebody that tries to wrong him because he's a petty, petty man. He is Tom Petty. <laughs> no, he's not. He's Vince McMahon. That's an insult to Tom Petty. <laughs> it is. I know. As soon as I said it, I'm like, oh, may he rest. I'm sorry, man. I love you too much. Heath Slater's on that Jinder Mahal workout too, by the way. You could easily tell that he's trying to get to Jinder Mahal's level of transition from a release. All right. Well, Nate, you've gotten two out of three. So here's your third question in the Smack Raw category. Uh, this week we saw a new version of the WWE United States Championship title. Very shiny. Lots of, uh, lots of gems in it. However, that design was actually leaked on social media within the last year. What month did we actually get a chance to see that for the first time? Oh, uh, uh, you have 12 have, options to choose from. Yeah. I don't, <laughs> I don't have a clue on this one. I think I got to tag out. All right. Up to me. Um, okay. I don't know if I can give you a specific month, but if I were to guess, my best guess would be somewhere along the same time that we saw Bray Wyatt's ugly title. Okay, well, that is not the answer I have. That is an incorrect answer. So we will move this question over to the team of Shawnee and Justin. Who is your active uh, Who's your active player right now, guys? Shawnee, I have a, a, a solid guess, but if you have a confirmed answer, I want to let you take it. No, uh, go ahead and take that guess. And I would say that even if we didn't know the question, I have to defer to the fact that you have been doing much better than me in singles competition. There's no doubt you should be the, the captain of this team. But if you need to make a hot tag, I'm here. I I think it's November. November. Close, but incorrect. Uh, yeah, Erica's making the, 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 this close, this close. It was actually yeah. in December of 2019 when this was uh, spoiled on the uh, internet. How we all feel about the new U.S. title? I like it. I was hoping your question was going to be, how do we all feel about the internet? how do we all feel about the internet spoiling shit i actually i think that this is better than their previous u.s title and then the u.s title before that was the spinning john cena one which is objectively terrible so yeah i I would say that so far since you know since it became the wwe u.s championship uh this is the best design that they've had i honestly want to go out and say it's the best looking title in wrestling right now I I'm, I love this title and maybe the pictures just because it's brand new. So they did extra to make sure it looks cool. Uh, you know, maybe that's the case, but I, I loved it. Nate continuing to be a uh, opponent of fun. I thought the John Cena spinner title was great. Boo. All right, Erica, give us the points at the end of round one. At the end of round one, we have Nate and Amy leading off with three points. Justin and Sean. 
uh, yet to make it to the board, but there are some doozies uh, I have written uh, for this game. So hooray. This is I'm very excited for this uh, this week's game. A lot of stuff has happened. Be careful patting yourself on the back there. I don't want you to get injured. <laughs> Please. I'm uh, double jointed. And when you're this good, uh, you kind of deserve it. I'm sorry. All right. Fair enough. All right, Sean and Justin, we'll give you an opportunity to get on the board. You get control for round two. Where do you want to go? NXT and uh, AEW or everybody else in Around the Ring? Sean, are you cool with Wednesday Night Wars? Yes, sir. All right, let's do Wednesday Night Wars. All right. For uh, our first question, who at the Great American Bash became NXT's first ever double champion? That would be Mr. Keith Lee. That's right. Basking in his glory. Uh, we knew the outcome had been spoiled as of last week, but how great was this match, man? Yeah, no, the match was fantastic. I was. That's why I actually purposely stayed away from the spoilers. I know it got spoiled last week. Uh, I stayed away from that because I did not want to be spoiled on this one because the second became official, I was all in on it. Uh, and I'm all in on Keith Lee. I love everything about this guy in and out of the ring. He deserves the ultimate push in NXT and whenever he gets to WWE uh, for Adam Cole, though, I also like this because people probably assumed he was going to win because he resigned. So again, it just throws a little unpredictable uh, storytelling in there. That suplex off of the top rope with Adam Cole being thrown was amazing. Yeah. yeah. Keith Lee. I, I'm an unabashed Keith Lee fan. And, uh, you know, I, I always would talk about how, how excited I had been to watch them. Uh, he progress along with Matt Riddle. Well, after the speaking out movement, there's a lot of question over Matt Riddle. But one thing we've learned is that Keith Lee is actually a good guy. You know, uh, he and his girlfriend uh, have been outspoken about the fact that she has uh, a tr uh, had trouble finding somebody because she had been the victim of domestic violence. And the fact that Keith Lee uh, and her are so happy demonstrates how empathetic he is as a human being. So hopefully that's not kayfabe because I love Keith Lee. He came forward and talked about it, too, that he had an incident himself. So he's also a survivor of some stuff, some sexual abuse. So yeah. uh, having that understanding and being that front and open with it, especially being a male, was really speaking toward me as points for the good guy on that one. For sure. Uh, Keith Lee absolutely deserves it. Um, I think Adam Cole looked really good in that match as well. Um, it, it wasn't uh, it wasn't close by any stretch of the imagination. I actually need to give uh, props to USA Network for not running any spots during this match. That made all of the difference in terms of keeping my attention and keeping my focus on exactly everything that was going on. So that was the right move uh, by USA Network. And apparently it was USA Network and not necessarily WWE that pushed for that as well. So really, really smart move there. I loved it. I, I It actually got me to turn away from Fighter Fest uh, to, to watch that live. And uh, it was fantastic. It was a great week for wrestling. I should have said that at the top of the show, but holy crap, man, there's a lot to, I mean, there was a lot to not like, but there was a lot to like this week. All right, Justin and Sean, you guys uh, win, got that point, so we'll continue with you for the Wednesday Night War. Brian Cage over on AEW was awarded with which championship title during Fighter Fest? Uh, the FTW title. 
That is correct. And uh, considering John Moxley's been forced to stay home, uh, what do we? How do we feel about next week's Moxley versus Cage at Fight for the Fallen? And what do we feel about him being handed the FTW Championship from Taz? Uh, so the match for the match of next week, I think Taz has kept this match alive himself. I know they had to, you know, deal with the changes with Renee Young getting testing positive and such, but, uh, to have him come out week after week, you would think it would get stale that he's just standing in the ring and, and cutting the same promo over and over, but he's not every week. We're talking about, you know, something about Taz and Brian Cage are doing something different, saying something controversial to keep it interesting with the champion gone. As for the FTW title, I like that angle too. Uh, Taz said it. Wrestling fans know exactly what that is. Uh, and to throw that in there to AEW, throw another singles title into AEW. Cause it sounds like that's going to stick around to be defended in the future. And I like that. Yeah, I love the title being introduced. It's just a lot of fun to me. And frankly, I think that uh, Fighter Fest was better for having that hype for uh, the following week than it would have been with that title match. I'm really looking forward to the title match now on a week when normally you'd think everything would be sort of uh, pale in comparison to all the great stuff that we saw this week. Yeah, that that makes now, uh, what, four belts in AEW? You got the tag team. Uh, the TNT, the heavyweight, and now the FTW. And uh, I think that that's great. I have to wonder what the booking around this looks like. That's two titles being introduced to the promotion uh, in very quick succession. I wonder if they're going to kind of keep the gimmick that, that the FTW championship had in ECW, where it was really just Taz's, and it wasn't really defended terribly often. So... Um, I'm, I'm very curious what this is going to look like down the road. Well, we've got, uh, you guys are two for two in this round. So Justin, Sean, you get the, uh, third and final question for, uh, the Wednesday night war this week, uh, FTR facing off against which tag team next week at fight for the fallen, uh, after taking, uh, or after this week's episode of dynamite, uh, the Lucha bros. Yeah, you got it. Three points for the uh, for the Lucha Bros. Uh, this match was booked following that eight-man tag match, which was absolutely one of the highlights of uh, AEW this week. Uh, how do we feel about... Uh, where do we think the winner was? I mean, we know ratings-wise who won this week as far as uh, AEW and NXT, but on a personal level, which show did each of you guys like better? Uh, so personally, uh, both shows were awesome. I think both shows had their great moments and their eh moments. I'm going to give the edge to the Great American Bash, and here's why. Uh, when they announced Fire Fighter Fest, they were talking this up like it's a pay-per-view for free. But And part of this is because the Moxley match had to get pushed. The I felt more of a pay-per-view vibe in NXT than I did in AEW. AEW was a good show. Great matches at times. Some matches were eh, but I had more of a pay-per-view vibe when it came to the results, the moments, the spots and matches. I felt that more in NXT than I did in AEW. That's an interesting point you make there because I feel like I don't know what a pay-per-view vibe is yet for uh, AEW. And that's partially on me. I have not seen 100% of their presentations. But I'm definitely loving AEW right now, despite the fact that I think that the that the Keith Lee match was really the the highlight. I mean, that that I I loved what I got to see from Jericho and Orange Cassidy. To me, that's that's what 
professional wrestling is to me, uh, just the, the zaniness and the wildness of it. But I recognize that I take a smaller view of things. To me, the Keith Lee match against Adam Cole was like the quintessential professional wrestling match. You know, you could show that to somebody in the seventies and while they would be shocked by the fact that Adam Cole is a tiny man, um, they would completely be able to follow that story and love it. Whereas uh, it would be a totally different animal trying to introduce orange Cassidy in any other context than, you know, post adult swim internet 2.0 world. So I, I really agree with that. Um, I think that had you had the rest of the card from fighter fest and then Adam Cole and Keith Lee, that's like your perfect wrestling show right there to me. You know, like I was not that into Orange Cassidy and and Chris Jericho. Um, it just it wasn't my cup of tea. So I think overall, when you consider both nights, like both weeks of of events, I think the edge goes to AEW with NXT clearly having the better main event. Yeah, I can I can see that wholeheartedly. Uh, I definitely lean always more toward WWE than AEW, but for for all of what I've seen from AEW versus NXT in general, I just always feel like NXT is just giving 150 to 200%. And I don't know what that says about who's controlling what on the back end there, but I look at NXT almost as better than the main product. So me looking at that match versus looking at something like Orange Cassidy and Chris Jericho, I don't know why, but it just seems like Chris Jericho's past the prime of what I'm used to seeing from him. So it's always hard for me to watch a match for him now. And they kind of sit there and go, man, he's not as good as he was. And I I know that's unfair because he's older or whatever, but... And I just can't get behind Orange Cassidy, so I don't know why. I just (laughs) There's just something about Orange Cassidy I just can't take him seriously, so... Uh, at the end of the day, I'm going to go NXT every time. You know, I I, th- I thought about this a lot uh, uh, recently about what bothers me specifically about Chris Jericho and Orange Cassidy working together. And it's not that I don't like Orange Cassidy. I do like Orange Cassidy. But I think you've got to stick him in the mid card and keep him with corralled with the goofiness and away from the serious part of the product. For so long, when AEW was starting out and Jericho was having his his Le Champion run, um, you know, it was so well presented and so serious. And and it looked like Jericho was taking it seriously, too. That's what I wanted. I wanted that. I wanted Cody, what Cody's doing right now. Um, that's what I want out of AEW. I don't mind that they want to do the goofy stuff, but you have to you have to make that its own sort of thing away from the serious stuff. If I may, I feel like the reason why they have Orange Cassidy going up against something, you know, the Chris Jericho in this sense, I feel like so many people don't take him seriously and think of him as a joke wrestler. And I feel like when you pair him up against a Chris Jericho, like, you know, Orange Cassidy has an insane move set. I think everyone just kind of, you know, looks, looks at the, at the light denim, looks at the glasses and just kind of writes them off. But when you pair him up against a guy like Jericho or, or, Oh, that match he had with pack, like, Holy hell, like 
sure he's a comedy wrestler, but he's a comedy wrestler that can go. And I right. feel like there's, they're always going to have matches that are going to remind you that like, yeah, okay, sure. He's, he's here for the yuck yucks, but like he can kick anyone's ass and he's, he's more athletic than a lot of people on any given roster. So I feel like that's why they're kind of taking him up and down the card the way that they are just to kind of say like, yes, yes, yes. He's funny, but he's really good. But that is the gimmick. That's the that's the essence of the gimmick. If he if he sucked, if he stunk, the gimmick wouldn't fundamentally work. It, it, it you know people don't take him seriously because half of his character is presented so that the audience doesn't take him seriously, and then you're surprised when he can go, and that's fine. I accept all of that. Then have him work with you know Lance Archer or have him work with you know, uh, uh, a Kip Sabian, you can, you can develop that character the exact same way without having it have to crossbreed with the absolute tip top of your card, which is Jericho. That's Cody. Um, you know, there's probably a couple of other names that I could throw on there as well that are, are not bubbling up right now, but that's, that's what I mean. Like you, you've gotta, you've gotta protect the tip top of your card. My dream is that he's going to get to the just to the tip of the mountain and get knocked down by enough high level champions that he eventually has to go into a goth phase and then essentially becomes AEW's undertaker. <laughs> it's a stretch, That's a big but stretch. I appreciate it. Um, I will say this. I mean, the people who are tuning into AEW, I mean, there, there could be people who just don't, who aren't really familiar with orange Cassidy. Like I know AEW's, you know, pegged as the, you know, the Mark brand, but at the same time, there's gotta be new people coming in or at least people going like, Oh, Chris Jericho. I remember him from this. And then like, they have to kind of explain it to them over and over again. I guess that's where I was from. If that makes sense. With that in mind, I do have to say that, uh, during uh, while I was working this week, I had AEW on the television, and the janitor that comes in every night and changes the garbage cans looked up and was like, "Is that Chris Jericho?" I was like, "Oh yeah, he still wrestles." And then he sat there and watched a good portion of that match. So, I mean, it happens. Erica, give us uh, the point totals after two rounds. Lots have changed after two rounds. We have Justin and Sean with six points leading, and followed by Nate and Amy with three. Still anyone's game. Like I said, lots of crap going on in this uh, third round. And the final fall is pretty awesome as well. <laughs> You're really hyping it up. It's almost like a Monday Night Raw episode. We got to let you know every 15 minutes or so how great the main event's going to be. <laughs> Hopefully, unlike an, a, a Raw episode, it isn't wildly disappointing. <laughs> Trust me. Trust me. I'm like, like you set me up. I'm like, bitch, I'm better than, than raw. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Erica's not Paul Heymaning this. <laughs> no. All right. So we're into our third round and we'll kick it back to Amy and Nate. Um, you guys uh, get to answer the questions about uh, in and around the ring, which is basically everything else that's going on in professional wrestling and that everything else absolutely is New Japan Pro Wrestling, which New Japan wrestler was pulled from events this weekend out of a precaution after having a fever? I have no idea. I'm going to have to tag out to Amy. I don't know anything about New Japan at all. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, I don't. So um, you want to make idea. a wild guess? That Suzuki guy's not New Japan, right? That's the only other name I could possibly pull out of my ass. I'm going to uh, defer this one to our uh, our <laughs> our judge here. I don't think Erica's here. She's frozen. Yeah, that's unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> What a time to be frozen. Yeah. She's been frozen I, for like a minute. I figured she'd pop back in before the end of the question was over, but she never did. I need my judge. So what was the what was your answer again? M- Mirano Suzuki or however you say his name. Noro Suzuki. Thank yeah. you. Because <laughs> because that is in fact it is the correct answer. Fuck yes. Hi, Amy's no longer allowed on the show. <laughs> no way no way the one name i could pull out of my ass and it's the right name i am so stoked about that well there you I'm go i'm just sad erica didn't see that i think i can speak for all of us when we say thoughts and prayers out to the murder grandpa <laughs> i swear to god like when everything went down and then I came back and then I saw Amy celebrating. I'm like, no, what happened? Oh my God. I missed everything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I got the right name. I guessed and I got the right name. I'm very proud of you, dear. <laughs> can I just say, Erica, I had this answer this week. I had this answer. I, I was going to jump. I was going to jump over the turnbuckle and tag myself in. I was so excited <laughs> for this. <laughs> like, as you should. Not only did I tell you to follow certain accounts, but I retweeted the information myself. So, <laughs> like, there's no excuse. I'm not studying anymore. It does nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think Shawnee, uh, pretty much summed it up i don't know how much we have to talk about this but we're all pretty big fans of minoru suzuki and we hope that uh we hope that he is healthy and that we will see him again really really soon let's move on to question two with amy as the active wrestler she may be tagging out really really quick what the self-proclaimed tna impact wrestling world champion moose is going to face which extreme impact wrestler at slammiversary head go to nate tagging nate in uh, uh, um, I don't know. It is it uh, Mick Foley? I have no fucking clue. Well, it is not Mick Foley, but quality guess, quality guess. We move back over to the team of Shawnee and uh, Justin. Who's active on you guys right now? I believe I am. And Chuck, you're going to be proud of me too because I studied. Is it Tommy Dreamer? That is correct. Tommy Dreamer going to be facing Moose for the uh, what has been called up until now the fake TNA World Heavyweight Champion. But seeing as they got had to get rid of Tessa Blanchard, uh, it's the only heavyweight champion they've got right now. Uh, it's funny because Erica wrote in here as the discussion point: Is anyone other than her and her husband going to be buying this pay per view? No, uh, no, no. I'll no. be watching this pay per view. Yeah, I'll all right. Not be buying this pay per view. This, <laughs> yeah. this, this will be the first time I watched TNA in a really long time. Yeah, I'll find highlights or results or the you know the pay per view well after it airs, possibly, but I'm not ordering anything. Yeah, I'm the big Impact Wrestling fan here on this podcast, and even I uh, get most of my pay- Impact pay per view results from Twitter. So 
I don't know. You, you, one, uh, you don't know who's going to show up. Um, that's true. I mean, that's a big reason why I think we're going to buy it. And then two, like we don't do much anymore. Like this is going to be like our big, like, Ooh, we're doing something fun. Uh, it's not like we can go out and do shit. So I guess we're going to buy an impact pay-per-view and I'm sorry, like, you know, I'd at this point, I'd rather put my money behind impact than I than the WWE. Isn't this the week too where we find out if uh, Gallows and Anderson show up? Yeah, they were. Well, they will probably, amongst other people, be showing up at Slammiversary because Slammiversary is Impact's essentially their WrestleMania. Gotcha. So it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see, but not interesting enough, at least on my end, to spend <laughs> spend the money on. Well, good for Tommy Dreamer. I, I bet he's pretty glad that he didn't kill Paul Heyman and then himself at WrestleMania. Very true. Very true. Did, did anyone else see that story where he, he told the he, he told it on the podcast on a some interview on a podcast that he had thought about killing Paul Heyman and then himself at WrestleMania? That was probably the most interesting read of the week. Yeah, you know, I saw that. I saw that. All right, Justin and uh, Shawnee, you've got an opportunity to uh, steal the rest of the round. This weekend saw a massive shakeup in New Japan Pro Wrestling. To receive all three points, you need to name the following. The winner of the New Japan Cup, the former stable of the winner, and the stable they jumped to after winning the New Japan Cup, and who they beat at Dominion to become the world heavyweight champion and intercontinental champion. I got two of the four, Shawnee. What do you got? <laughs> Uh, evil. Uh, uh, I don't remember the rest of the questions. <laughs> oh, Los uh, Ingobernables de Japón uh, to the Bullet Club yep. after beating uh, Okada and shamelessly assaulting Naito. I'm I'm going to say that's that's everything I've got here. So that three points to you guys. Um, I know that Erica wants to let us all in on her thoughts and feelings on New Japan, but I'm interested to hear what everyone feels about this uh, this development. I woke up Saturday morning to the highlight of Evil turning from the LIJ to the Bullet Club, and it was pretty shocking, even for somebody who doesn't watch a whole lot of New Japan. It's awesome. I'm glad to have New Japan back. It's a big move. Uh, it probably presages some of the stuff we're going to see from Gallows and Anderson when they get to reintroduce and um things is a lot of fun i think that uh naito i can't think of somebody who worked harder to get to a title and then lose that title like it seemed like he was just fighting forever against okada to get that title and uh and now here we are but i, I have a feeling we haven't seen the last of naito either so it should be a lot of fun and also the Castlevania guy is Tai Chi. <laughs> hey, you did your homework. Oh, Tai Chi is a bastard. Like he's 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 got a face that you want to hit. It's just it's it looks like a bird. It's oh, he's awful. Um, genuinely shocked about evil leaving Lij for Bullet Club. I think it's a great move for him. It's this is like his first really really big push. I think it's also a great move considering that, you know, Bullet Club is comprised mostly of gaijin talent. And since Japan's not letting people into the country just yet, or at least like sparingly they're doing so, um, I think this is just an amazing move to shake up the stables. 
just super excited for what this means next. And this is kind of just indicative of New Japan booking in the first place because you can't predict it. It'll just just slap you sideways and you'll go, okay, I guess I have to just stay along for this ride a little longer. And I am excited. The only thing I can say that I'm truly bummed out about because of travel restrictions and whatnot, we have to wait for Kevin Kelly to do the call in some whatever studio for it to upload to NJPW world because his call, like he on the call, Kevin Kelly's just outstanding. Uh, so I, I can't wait to hear his reaction to evil turning on LIJ and joining bullet club. I think that's going to be just awesome. So hooray. Um, so here's, here's what I think is, is a little bit weird about this. Like, I think it's, it's really interesting. I think Naito getting screwed out of an actual run sucks for him. And if they work that into his story, that could be really interesting considering the chip that was already on, on that dude's shoulder. What I find weird about it is that they put up both the heavyweight and intercontinental belts. So it's gone from Naito two belts to now Evo evil two belts. And I'm done. I'm like, I'm over the two belts gimmick. Now WWE has copied it to where Bailey has two belts. And who cares anymore? Um, I'm interested how they're going to now separate those two belts or if they're going to run them together. I, I think that that's a really weird, uh, a really weird way to, to take both titles off of Naito, considering how big of a deal that was. All right. Well, unless somebody else, uh, unless Justin or Amy have some New Japan opinions, we can move on to points. Why do you say that with sarcasm? <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying. Are we not going to even mention the run-in from Kai and Tai classic Dick Togo? <laughs> I was unaware that was a thing. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Go for it, Nate. Floor is yours. <laughs> Dick Togo. <laughs> He's still alive, apparently. Throw a bro at the end of that. Dick Togo, bro. <laughs> it's a Dick Togo swerve, bro. All right. At the end of three rounds, Erica, where do we stand? Before I get into that, I think the current uh, running for episode title is just Dick Togo exclamation point. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> but anyway. Uh, wow. After that round, we've got Justin and Sean with 11 points, Nate and Amy with four, uh, final fall is a doozy and it's still very much anyone's game. Don't laugh at me. It's good. <laughs> no, I'm basking in your glory. All right. Our final fall this week, uh, is, is going to be interesting because of the way the teams are put together. So, um, I'm not a hundred percent sure how you guys are going to coordinate, uh, other than if everybody wants to send me the answers and then I can determine by team, uh, who, who got them right. As many of us are aware, there was a karaoke contest on this week's SmackDown between four of uh, the WWE superstars for two points each. Name the four WWE themes that were sung during the segment and for two bonus points each, name the superstars that sang each of the themes. I'll give you guys uh, a minute or two to private message me what, uh, what your guesses are as far as this one is concerned. You can also private message between the two of you and uh, figure it out. Erica, what would you like to say? 
Now, before they submit their answers, are you looking for the actual song title of the theme or the wrestler's theme? I would accept if you if you just knew whose theme it was. Okay, because my caveat to make things a little trickier was to actually give you bonus points for knowing the actual title of the theme song because that's where things get sticky. Uh, that's, but true. that's just that's just me being a bitch. So, <laughs> so whatever you you decide, Chuck, that's fine by me. All right. So far, I've got answers from Justin. While we're uh, while we're you know waiting for this, um, Erica, what is there anything we missed this week that you would like to uh, let our listeners know in know about as far as the world of wrestling? I mean, look, I create the questions in the game for for a reason to kind of weave things about. So we've kind of covered a lot of stuff. Um, I would just like to reiterate that eight-man tag was sweet on uh, AEW this week uh, just because there, there was so much going on and, um, you know, it was just very much like just sensory overload but in a good way. Or it's just like, hey, there's just so much happening, but I'm having so much fun. Oh, my God. So that was fun for me. I, you know, I don't know if anyone else would concur, uh, but that's uh, that's where my heart was this week. And then, of course, my heart is just thinking about Minoru Suzuki and his and his fever. And I just hope he's OK because he's he's a goddamn treasure and we all love him. Well, you're the uh, you're the one on the show that likes to uh, likes to push everybody to watch Being the Elite, and I feel sad that uh, you had a doozy of a question for uh, oh my for people god, watch the, Being the Elite, which was that uh, Trent's mother was revealed to have joined the Dark Order. But the best part was so the Dark Order confront best friends and saying like we have a new member, and then Sue walks into frame with with the mask, and she's like, "Oh hi, Greggy," addressing Trent by his real name, and then. Trent goes, Mom, you can't just join cults. What are you doing? <laughs> it was uh it was just hilarious. It was just it was just fun. It was just a good, good old-fashioned comedy skit where the comedy was funny. Well, our final fall is about a comedy skit where the comedy was actually not very funny. Uh everybody sent me an answer except Amy. Amy, are you are you foregoing answering this question at all? Oh, I thought I was supposed to defer to Nate. I mean, you you can. You, it, so that's fine. Yeah, like I, I just was like, okay, Nate, I don't have this. So you go. That's fine. No, nope, that's absolutely fine. So the correct answer for this is that Lacey Evans sung Jeff Jarrett's theme with My Baby Tonight. Uh, Dana Brooks sang the Honky Tonks Man's theme, which is simply Honky Tonk Man. Tamina was to sing Triple H's theme, the game. And then Naomi sang Dusty Rhodes theme, the common man boogie. Looking through the answers I was sent over on uh, Justin and Sean's side. Sean said that the uh, segment was so awful, he actively ignored it. Uh, for you. Yeah, <laughs> that was probably the best bet. Uh, however, Justin, uh, pretty much getting all of this. Uh, Lacey Evans, Jeff Jarrett, Tamina Triple H, Naomi Dusty Rhodes, Dana Brooke, Honky Tonk Man. So that is a full uh, 16 points added to your guys total over uh, on Nate and um, and Amy's side. Uh, Nate also coming in with uh, the correct answers on all this. Lacey Evans, uh, be my baby, Jeff Jarrett. So that may be worth an extra point there. I'll leave that up to Erica to decide. Dana broke with honky tonk man, Naomi with dusty roads and Tamina with the game. 
We'll give Erica a minute to uh, total up the points. By the way, Tamina's The Game was the worst thing I've ever seen committed on television. It was a really cringy segment by all so accounts. Bad. It was so Yeah, now bad. that you guys said it, like, I'm glad I didn't see it. <laughs> it yeah, I was going to say, this whole segment was just awful. It From was the bad. second I, I saw that this was happening, I just tweeted it out and said simply no. Like, yeah. don't do this. Don't do this. <laughs> yeah, the only the only thing we learned from that segment is that Lacey Evans actually has a pretty good singing voice. She kind of does. Naomi sounded okay at times too. Yep, Maybe. Naomi wasn't bad either. Uh, Dana Brooke and Tamina, they can get nowhere near a microphone, and I'll be perfectly happy. Uh, also, this is the first time we've seen an USO on television in like eight months. Like this is ridiculous, man. What? Why is that tag team not wrestling? Especially with what you're doing with your tag team divisions. I think one of them are, are injured, so I can't remember Jimmy or Jay. I think mm. who's injured and who's on TV. But I, I like they've been using the other USO to be just casually at ringside when they have a ton of superstars at ringside or casually in the back. So that's too bad. I hope he gets better. Erica, who are our, our first official tag team winners this week? Now, before we announce this, the reason why I structured the question to give bonus points potentially for the actual title of the theme, I had to consult my copy of Pile Driver to double check wow. to see what the Honky Tonk Man's theme was. Because at first, uh, we thought, and by we, I mean me and my husband thought it was, I'm cool, I'm cocky, I'm bad. No, it's just Honky Tonk Man. So, and plus, come on, what a prop this is. Yes, I bought, I'm this, I bought this album. This was a record store day exclusive along. It was a, it was a double album because then I have the original. Uh, yes. or, yeah. So, uh, yeah, this is the original wrestling album. Uh, and it's, um, oh, it's a cheese-tastic classic, but anywho, enough about me and my record collection. Uh, we'll have to post pictures of that in the group though. That's true. Preferably with me holding both of them. Yeah. Like, yeah. The, cheese, like the cheese ball that I am. Anyway, <laughs> so. It, it, it's, uh, really, it's really too bad that I ended up uh, somehow losing my copy of Hulk Hogan and the wrestling boot band Hulk Rules on cassette. <laughs> nice. Could have been a collector's item. That's true. It's probably worth dollars by now. <laughs> Anyway, dozens. Anywho, so coming in second place, we have Nate and Amy with 21 points. Justin and Sean coming up, our first tag team champions with 27 points. Congratulations, gentlemen. What a, what a game. What a hell of a game this was. We shut up Nate for a week. Crushed him. Crushed him. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about crushing anyone. Shawnee, I know I know how intelligent and very creative you are, so I want you to name these titles for us. Oh my. Should I I need to do it on the spot? That's dangerous. That's dangerous. <laughs> That's fun. Well, I would say at the very least, you guys need to uh decide if you have a team name that we can put you in the annals of one fall history as the first official one fall tag team champions. I mean, the Nate Crushers is my my spitball. Yeah, no, that's good. The Nate. Um, that's the a Nate, fantastic the, name. No, no, the Nate Metaversal Crushers, since Nate loves no, no, that no. one. No, no, no. Don't give him the, the, the luxury of having his own name in the title. 
Okay, uh, that's what he wants. He's so they were talking about him. tag team names. But yeah, let's go. If you guys just want to stroke my ego, you go right ahead. <laughs> You're playing into what he wants. Fools, come on. We can How just stick, we, we we crushed them. We could just stick with the metaversal him. crushers. The metaversal crushers. Metaversal crushers. I'll, I'll, I'll write that down. Uh, you guys uh, each individually got 60 seconds on the clock. We'll start with you, Justin. Uh, anything you want to... Do you want to just talk trash, or is there anything we missed this week that you wanted to bring up? Nah, I could, I'm not going to give Nate any more highlight. Uh, there's a few things. I, I, I don't want to rush too many of them. Uh, one thing I'll add on with the Adam Cole... Uh, loss this week with him resigning and then losing the title so quickly after resigning. It looks like he's on his way out to WWE sooner than we think. And I'm thinking it might be an undisputed era at SummerSlam. I, I'm not saying I want it, but just I don't see where else you go with Adam Cole in NXT. I thought he would at least hold the title a little longer before losing it. Uh, but now you got Karrion Cross looking right at uh, Keith Lee and Adam Cole seemingly out of the title picture, uh, shaking Keith Lee's hand afterwards. That's usually like a little, I'm out, it's your place now. And I think he's heading up to WWE. Shawnee? We crushed him. Nate, <laughs> you got crushed this week. <laughs> I know it's hard to swallow, but we crushed you. Okay. Crushed him. Uh, <laughs> on the other side of the uh, ring, we've got Amy and uh, Nate. Amy, you got 60 seconds on the clock. Is there anything we missed? Do you want to uh, say anything to your partner, your opponent? 60 seconds. The floor is yours. All I can really say is that every time I do this, I am reminded how much I should just pay attention to Erica's tweets because that would be significantly more helpful. Uh- <laughs> She's waving her hands like, yes, yes, exactly. Um, But I'm still patting myself on the back for figuring that one out that I had absolutely no clue for. So if if I walk out with anything, it's knowing that I am the best bullshitter of all time. Nate, it is your turn now. Uh, I can't believe I didn't get bonus points for a Kai and Tai reference. That that doesn't happen every day. And also... (laughs) I uh, want to send my best out to Rusev, who uh, it is just confirmed uh, has tested positive for COVID-19. So get better soon, Rusev. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Erica, is there anything you wanted to add before we uh, throw out at socials and call it a night? Um, I would like to agree with Amy. Everyone should be paying more attention to my tweets. So, uh, yeah, I just would like to concur and say that people can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Erica underscore Bannis. Nate, where can people find you? At Nate Benderama on Twitter. Amy, thank you so much for uh, being part of our first tag team. Where can people find you online? If you look for anything under acronym, you will find me. It's usually acronym official, sometimes just acronym, but uh, look for me on acronymofficial.com and you can pretty much find anything else I'm attached to from there. Shawnee, where can people find you? right now chuck so i'd prefer if people didn't come looking for me fair enough and uh justin where can people find you online (laughs) that's my partner uh at jv underscore sports underscore talk and uh jbsportstalk.com 
Uh, I've been your host, Chuck Bean. You can find me online at uh, C-H-Z-U-C-K Bean, Chizuck Bean over on Twitter. You can find me, of course, as part of the Talk Horror to Me podcast with Shawnee and the uh, Nerd Radio podcast with James and Al Beck over on WRIF.com. Thank you guys so much for uh, taking time out of your afternoon to talk about wrestling. It's been uh, basically the only social interaction I've gotten in 2020 since April. And I appreciate it and love all of you. Everyone be safe and we'll meet you back here for another One Fall Show next week. The show about, as somebody most graciously put it, big meaty men slapping meat. Crushed them. Crushed them. <laughs> <laughs> I like Sean basically saying don't at me without saying don't at me. Don't come yeah. looking for me. <laughs> I, I think new new running uh running uh potential title now is Dick Togo dot 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 crushed him. Crushed him. <laughs> I think I think that's it. You, you combine two of the show and people are gonna look at the title and go, What? Okay. It's sure. like Christopher Walken knows the truth and dirty uh-huh. feelings for Rick Moranis. It is perfect. Yep. <laughs> People get people are confused and go, "What? Okay, tell me more." I, I'm just excited that we were. I, I only had the title once, so getting my hands on these uh, Dick Togo Memorial Tag Team titles <laughs> was actually an exciting moment. That's perfect. Uh, That's how I wanted you to name it earlier. <laughs> it has to happen organically, Justin. That's true. Oh, my God. oh Jesus. That's fantastic. <sighs>